around this room, and I'm just blown away at the creativity of people in our church. Uh, isn't this amazing, the set for VBS? And, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I was laughing at myself just a little bit ago when Chad was up in the, in the Disney, or the, the, the middle screen was on the advertisements for the place. I was like, did someone, someone leave their computer on? And, uh, and then it dawned on me, oh, Times Square. I get it. Okay, I was a little slow. Um, but uh, Casey, that's brilliant. Uh, uh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's funny to me. You know, uh, at our family, we're, we're dog people. Um, I don't know if you're a cat person or a dog person. We're dog people at our house. And, uh, and, and six months into our marriage, I bought Robin a yellow lab. And since then, we've been lab people, Labrador retrievers. And we've had some good dogs uh, over the years. Uh, the one we have now, Nellie, is not my favorite. Uh, she's not my favorite dog. Uh, she is, um, she's, she's not very smart, and uh, she doesn't fetch. She'll, you throw a ball, and she'll just get it and just look at you, and you're like, okay, you're an idiot. This is, dog's an idiot. And uh, um, she's a little annoying, um, but, but you know, I, I, it's still a perfect example. I didn't coin this phrase, but I believe it. It's that phrase that, may I be the man my dog thinks I am, right? Uh, I love that. I love that because I walk in the door and Nellie's like, you're home. You came home. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you're home. And that's, that's Nellie. I love I love it. It's, I love that part about her. Um, uh, but, you know, it's funny, this dog... Um, it, if she doesn't sleep on my kids' beds, and she, she really prefers, she loves me, and she wants to hang out with me all the time, and, uh, but she'll sleep, if she sleeps in our room, she, she sleeps in our, my closet underneath my clothes, and that's where she sleeps. But at 5.15 in the morning is usually when I get up, and, uh, and the second I start to stir, Nellie is right next to me going, hey, how you doing? Hey. You ready? You ready to get up? And it's like the second I even, before, like right even before my alarm goes off, Nellie's just like, you know, just looking at me right in my face. And, um, and, and you know, it's funny to me, she is, she is without hesitation. Without hesitation, this dog takes advantage of her access to me. And as I was praying through this message, I kept noticing Nellie. And, and, and because it, it dawns on me, the, 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 the closeness, the, the access that we have to God. I mean, think about that. Does that blow your mind? That you and I have this close access to the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, the one who, who spoke with his mouth, let there be light. Who, who just by speaking creation into existence, the powerful king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the one whom that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord of all, Amen. you and I have access to him. That's crazy to me. You know, we're in this series called The Walk. And and we're, it's my prayer that over the rest of the summer, we learn how to walk with the Lord. We get to walk with the Lord. We get, to, we get to spend our lives where it's normal to interact with the king of all kings. That's mind-blowing 
to me. That, that when I sit down and think about it, wow, that, that, that today we, we worship him and sing about these things about the Lord, but, but we know him and we can come close to him. He'll reveal his plan, his will. He'll guide us. He'll strengthen us. And, 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 and so it's my prayer through this entire series that we learn to walk with the Lord and become an everyday disciple, an everyday follower of Christ. Now, as we do that, we looked at the very first week of, of John 15, 5. We're jumping around. We don't normally do this when we come and, and study God's Word. We normally kind of go through a book or uh, or, uh, and, and, and this time we're kind of jumping, and that's okay to do. Uh, but, but we started in John 15, 5 about this relationship that we should abide in. We should abide in this relationship. Last week, we looked at how important God's word is, that God has revealed his word to us. It's a special revelation from the Lord, so we should know what his word says. We should understand his word and, and be in his word and read the word. And it's my prayer. I hope that if you were here last week and you committed to spend time in God's word every day, I hope that you followed through with that and, and you were keeping in mind that as you're looking at the word of God, you're interacting with the creator. It's not just a reading assignment. It's a, it's a relational moment that you're interacting with the Lord. But in this passage, or in this series, where we're pushing one another to memorize a passage of Scripture. And, and this is something we will always do. We, we will always push one another to memorize the Word of God. Micah 6.8 is the verse that we're encouraging you to memorize over this series, which simply says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. And as a follower of Christ, it's not a surprise for us that we realize, God, you require some things of us. You, you move us to walk with you. You move us to, to surrender to you. And, and this is what we're learning to do. And, um, and, and so it's my, like this week, we're going to look at prayer. How do we pray? How do we connect with God and, and interact with the Lord? Uh, we've talked about abiding in Christ. We've talked about being in the Word of God. We've ta we're talking about prayer today. Next week, we're going to talk about the joy of accountability, then the fruit of the Spirit. How do we walk with the Lord is where we're praying that God leads us to become everyday disciples. Now, this morning, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. Now, before we stand and read the text today, I want to tell you a little bit about this part of Matthew. Where it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's a beautiful sermon. In Matthew, uh, the uh, disciple, he, re he recorded kind of the highlights of the sermon. I, I don't think this was a verbatim uh, of Jesus' uh, words. I think Matthew's going back and looking at his notes, and these are the highlights of the, of, of the sermon that Jesus preached. And, and, uh, and, and it's beautiful. It's an incredible message. And we stood on the hill where Jesus preached the sermon uh, uh, last year when we were in Israel. And we're looking at planning another trip to Israel. If you've never, that ought to be a bucket list if, if in your life because, man, to stand there on the place right by the Sea of Galilee where Jesus likely preached this sermon was unbelievable. And, um, but it's, it's in the sermon as he preached it, in the, in the crowd were his disciples. They, they heard the sermon. There were also a lot of Pharisees that were there. Now, Pharisees were, um, they were kind of the conservatives, conservative religious group 
in, in the time of Jesus. So they would be kind of like the Fox News group of people, okay? And, uh, and you had the Sadducees, where were, they, were, they were Jewish as well, and they were kind of the, the, the liberal side of appeal, the CNN, if you will, CNN side of people. And, uh, and so this is who, what was going on in the life of Jesus, the time of Jesus. The Pharisees would have been that group of people that said, we are gonna follow the Old Testament law. They would follow it so closely, in fact, that the Pharisees developed all these additional laws that God didn't even intend. But they were seen and held up as, man, they are the religious, the most devout. If you want to be a person that really follows God, you look at the Pharisees. Because those guys were like, man, they had it together. And they're in the crowd, and what, do you, what you see in the Sermon on the Mount is really Jesus getting up in their grill and, and kind of just saying, yeah, boys, uh, you think you're getting it? Yeah, you've missed it. Now, that's interesting and interesting to take note of because, because these were, it kind of is an indicator that you can come to church every week and you can be very devout and miss it. And what I, what I pray that we, we, we hear that that we're not just religious. And I hope that you catch by coming to church here that, that, that just coming into this room does not get you into heaven. That, that being um, religious doesn't get you to heaven. That we're meant for a relationship with God. And that's, that's what's so important. Now in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus turns his face and his attention in Matthew chapter six to prayer. And, and I, I want us to hear today that one of, the, one of the things that we need to learn to do as believers, as followers of Christ, is we need to learn to pray. Now, now Jesus taught us this. His, his life example was incredible because he and John the Baptist were these men that it was obvious that the power of their life came from their time in prayer. And we're to follow Jesus' example. And so we're to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. And often he would be, find, you'd find Jesus going aside to pray. And in fact, I remember a year ago when we were in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh my goodness, being in the garden. And, and that was the place that Jesus was sweating drops of blood. Remember Peter, James, and John? Here's, this is the biggest moment of need in Jesus' life, and they fell asleep. Remember that? And Jesus was like, come on, guys, can you pray with me one hour? Prayer was important to Jesus. It needs to be important to us. We need to learn to pray. So stand with me, and let's read Matthew 6. We're going to start in verse 5. And we're going to go through verse 14. It says this. Jesus said, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, 
our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, 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 like many of you, I would say, I bet you're, I wouldn't be surprised if you're like this, but I found that, that prayer is some of the hardest work I, I do. It's the hardest thing to do. It's, it's harder than writing a sermon. Prayer is. Prayer's harder than, um, than sharing the gospel with somebody. Prayer, prayer is something that, uh, um, that, I, that I'm, I'm still trying to learn to do. And, and what's interesting about prayer is that I'm, I'm kind of a talker, you know? Uh, you know, it's rare for me to not talk to people. I mean, it drives Robin crazy sometimes. She's like, can you not stop talking? Can we just leave? And I'm like, oh, sorry, I was talking, you know? And, uh, and it's just um, part of my personality. But you know what's interesting? is I struggled to talk to God sometimes. And, and that's, that's an interesting reality. Look at verse, verse five. Jesus starts out, and when you pray. So, so he's assuming, he's, he's like saying, look, as a, look, you're gonna pray. Of course you need to pray. When you pray, not if you pray. When you pray. And so as a believer, once we come to a relationship with Christ, we're moved to pray. And we should, this should be something we learn to do and, and, and something we're, we're, we're compelled to do, called to do. And, and so how do we do this? So point number one is this, that, that I need to closely connect with God on a daily basis. That, that, that's one of my greatest needs as a, as, a, as a human being, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. One of my greatest needs is to connect with God on a daily basis. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we go through our day and we don't ever turn our face to the Lord. And as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, we've got to recognize that one of our greatest needs every day is to connect with the Lord. Now, a lot of times we, we think we don't, learn, we don't start connecting with the Lord until we have a problem. Now, that's okay to connect with God when we have problems, but... but we, but I find myself thanking the Lord for problems because when I recognize my problems, I tend to turn my face to the Lord. And so we must not forget that, that one of our greatest needs is to closely connect with God daily. Now, as we grow closer to the Lord, we're compelled to learn how to sincerely pray. And, and the Bible teaches us that, that effective prayer comes through Christ. Now, this is not up on the screen, but I want you to turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. And I want you to look at verse 19 and 20 in Hebrews chapter 10. In this verse, it says, the writer of Hebrews says this, in Hebrews 10, 19 and 20, he says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. Now, this is really cool. 
Now, Eden just led us in a song where it talks about the confidence that we have in coming to God. And you have confidence, we can have confidence to God. It's so amazing that, that, that we can have confidence to come to God. And this is beautiful. And, it's, and, and the writer of Hebrews says, we have confidence to enter the most holy place. Now, this is a significant statement because what is that most holy place? Now, if you uh, think about before Jesus came into the world, the, the, to connect with God, you'd have to go to the temple. Remember the temple? The temple is described as uh, it had three parts to the temple. You had the courtyard of the temple where people would gather in the courtyard. And, and then you had in, the, in the, 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 two, the building with two rooms, there, there was the, uh, the, the holy place. And that's where the priest would come in and, and prepare the sacrifices. And then in the inner part, there was the most holy place. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And that's where the, 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 the priest would tie a rope around himself. And, and he would back into the Holy of Holies. And, 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 you know, if he died in the presence of God, he would take the sacrifice in. And, and if he died in the room, they would pull his body out because the Ark was there. The presence of God was there. And, and that was how people connected with God. And then Mark 15 happened. Oh, my goodness, Mark 15 that's the moment where, where Jesus was on the cross and, and, and he, he cries out with a loud voice, it is finished. And remember that? Remember what happened in the most holy place? The curtain was ripped from top to bottom and it was this incredible moment how God was saying, now you have access to the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords and you can come close to Jesus. And this is what makes Hebrews 10 so beautiful. He says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Christ, that when you began a relationship with God and, and your sins were washed away, you had that baptism of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit indwelled you and your sins were washed away, now you have access to the most holy place. Now, you, there may be some here that you've not, you've not been forgiven. You've not had the blood of Christ. The Holy Spirit is not in you. You've not put your faith in Jesus yet. Oh, do that today. Don't you see that when, when you come to Christ, you have access to the one true God? Oh, my goodness, come to Jesus. Don't miss, don't go another day without knowing the Lord. And we have confidence. And that's the big point I pray we catch today. God is, God is saying to us, we don't have to formally come to him. Uh, we can just say, you can come as you are. Isn't that amazing? You can go to God just like you are. And he'll allow you to do that. See, here's the thing. God made us and redeemed us for close fellowship with him. And this is why God redeemed us, why God saved us, so we can have fellowship with the Lord. And one of the things I pray we see, that prayer is an ongoing two-way conversation for the rest of your life. That for the rest of our, our lives, we're to have this ongoing two-way conversation with the Lord. And by, by two-way, I mean this, that, that it's, it's, sometimes we think, 
I got to say a bunch of stuff to the Lord, but, but no, I, when I really understand what Jesus was saying about prayer, there, there comes a, a big part of my relationship with God. My prayer time with the Lord is me listening to the Lord. And that's important. Now look at verse five again. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Hypocrites there, the Greek means actors on a stage. And, and this is the problem. The Pharisees who were the religious leaders, Jesus was looking at them and just, just exposing them right there in front of everybody on that hill. Saying, look, when you guys pray, you're like an actor on a stage. You're more concerned about what others think. He says, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Jesus says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, point number two is, Simple, we need to learn to pray sincerely, briefly, and frequently, don't we? Isn't that what Jesus is saying here? Now, let's, let's think about this. Sincerely, don't be phony when you pray. I mean, how many times have we, I've caught myself um, praying things that I'm not even thinking about, just words coming out of my mouth, and I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. Have you ever caught yourself doing that? I mean, that doesn't work well with my wife, I found, in 25 years of marriage, when things come out of my mouth that I don't think about. That usually doesn't pan out well for me. Um, but with God, it doesn't work either. We can't be phony when we pray. We shouldn't use, a lot, I mean, pray briefly. Don't use a lot of meaningless words. Sometimes we have meaningless words that come out of our mouth, and I pray that we think about this. And, and, and when you think about the religious people, what Jesus is saying here, a lot of religious prayer is, is for an audience, not for God. Um, I had this experience one time in college. I, I, when I was at OBU, I lived in the dorm for a semester before I moved into a house with some guys. And... Um, and I, I would always come back really late from church because I was working at Council Road and I was there all the time. And, and uh, so I'd come in late into the dorm and, and, and this group of guys, my, my roommate and his buddies, they would always, this guy was always in my bed and his feet stunk and it just drove me crazy. Um, but but he, one day I got in late and I was pretty tired. I'd gotten in, I'd just gotten in bed and they came in and he said, uh, Chris, we're really struggling. Would you pray with us? And I was like, man, you bet. And so I said, guys, why don't you pray first and then I'll wrap us up. And they were like, all right, man. So they start praying and I'm out. I'm asleep. I am dead asleep. <laughs> and they get to my turn to pray and they're like, oh man, silent prayer, man. It's, it's good. And they start going. And they looked over at me and I'm like drooling on my pillow. I am out. And they go, Chris, Chris. And they wake me up, and this is what I did. I wake up, I turn up, and I go, oh, guys, man, I'm just really tired. And I just, I was out, I was still asleep. And, and the next morning, I woke up, and I thought, I think I was praying last night with these guys. And I went and found them on campus. I was like, dude, 
was that, were we praying last night? And they were like, yeah, we were like pouring our hearts out. I was like, man, I am so sorry that I did that to you. But you know what's interesting as I thought about that experience? I felt worse about those guys being disappointed than falling asleep on the Lord. And I was like, man, as I've reflected back on that, I thought, Lord, I fell asleep on you. And, and so sometimes when we pray, we forget that, that we're praying to the one who can actually hear you. And think, I mean, that's what we're doing. When you pray, you're praying to the one supernatural being who actually has ears and can respond. Keep that in mind. Pray to the one who can actually hear you. That, that's what we're doing. We need to learn to pray the right way. And this is what, I'm, what Jesus is lining out here. Uh, to pay attention to the, the things you pray. These are things that we're called to do. And it's my, my prayer that we, we do this. So Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, so here's a challenge to us. Point number three. Let's, let's hear this today. Let's hear this challenge. Can I challenge you and me? So I'm talking at you, not at you, but with you. Okay, you know, this is always the case. Um, we're here learning from the good shepherd, and he's leading us. So point three is this. Get started with consistent prayer meetings. We got to get started with this. This week, let's get started in our walk with the Lord with consistent prayer meetings. Now, Jesus outlines a few things, and I'm going to go through these quickly. But, but look at what he says in, in the prayer example that Jesus set, glorify your name. He starts out. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We see this, that we're, it's this praise that we enter into the, the presence of God. We see this all through Scripture. Isaiah 6 is a beautiful example of the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah 6 comes to the Lord. And in this moment of devastation and weakness and, and difficulty, in the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. And when I saw him, he was high and exalted, and, and, and the train of his robe filled the temple, Isaiah says. It says, above him were seraphs, these angelic creatures, each with six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah was like, whoa, you are God. And Jesus taught us, as we come to pray, we ought to praise the Lord. Glorify your name, Lord. We're to pray, bring your kingdom. This is the way we're to pray, Jesus said. Bring your kingdom here, your your plan, your work here. We're to look to God. We want to be a part of what you're doing here. Jesus says, bring your kingdom. Your will be done, he says. 
says, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he says. We're to be a people that are saying, Lord, not my will, your will be done. And see, this is the difference that we have as believers. We are living in submission to God. I don't come to the Lord and say, God, here's what I want. And this is the problem in our American culture. We want to say, I want this. I want the Bible to say it this way. Or I want, God, your will to be this way. But God says, I've revealed what my will is. It's our call to say, Lord, your will be done. This is what it means to be a Christian. And I would argue that someone that says, I'm coming to God on my own terms, that's not being a Christian. That's not, that's not surrendering to God. I don't, I don't come to God and say, God, this is my will. No, when we come to God, we say, God, your will. We surrender to your, your will. And this is what he says. Your will be done. Uh, this is, then in prayer, he says, provision for daily needs. He says, we're to uh, ask, ask him, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, provide for my needs. If you're going to start this prayer time with the Lord, learn to glorify his name. Learn to pray for his kingdom. Learn for, to look for his will. Ask the Lord for your daily needs. We're to look to forgiveness of sin. We see this. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Last thing Jesus points out, we, we should pray for protection from evil. There is evil in the world, and we must not forget this. You know, we, we started something, and you ought to come to it on Wednesday night. Some of you may need to come to this. I, we, I, it's open to you. Every, on Wednesday nights, we are doing, from 6.30 to 7.30, we're, pray, we're meeting to pray for our church, for our missionaries, for our work from 6.30 to 7.30 in my office until we outgrow my office. We're going to meet in my office. There's about five people that come right now and been coming for the last several months. And, um, and here's a formula we're, we're using. Tammy Swingle, who's, I think, here. Tammy, it's over here. Sorry, I didn't tell you I was going to use your name, but... You taught me this. Thank you. But we've started this formula that we're using. And it's kind of, I mean, it's four. It's the word pray. You, can, you, might, you might write it down. Consider this. Pray. Write the word pray down. Straight line. What's that called? An acrostic? Is that right? Pray. P stands for praise and thanksgiving. This would be a good way to start your prayer time. Praise the Lord. Take some time to praise the Lord and give thanks for what he's doing. That P is a good way to spend an hour in prayer. Start with praying, praising the Lord, thanksgiving. R, repentance. Let me tell you, there's repentance that's necessary in our lives every day. And we should be quick to repent of our sin. Quick to say, Lord, we need you and we've rebelled against you. And let's be honest about our rebellion. This is part of our prayer time. Um, the A, ask. Ask for things. Lord, I, I pray for this. Why? Yield. That's a great word. Yield. I, I, this is in our lives right now because my youngest daughter got her permit. 
we're learning what yield means <laughs> very vocally in my life. And, and uh, sorry, I just had all these moments of terror of why I've been praying in my life. Sorry, Maggie's not in here. Um, but um, yield to the Lord. God, what do I yield? I want to yield to your voice. Yield to your word. And, and you know, we got to make sure that our prayer time is not trying to impress this way. You know, so many stories come to my mind of mistakes I've made. I remember in the ninth grade, I was on a basketball team and we were terrible. We didn't win one game as eighth graders. So we started our ninth grade year at Moore Central going, we're going to win one game, boys. Woo-hoo, that's our goal, win one game. And we beat an eighth grade team the last game of the year, our ninth grade year. We were terrible. And, um, and I wanted to be used by the Lord. And uh, so I thought, and we needed prayer, man. I remember praying, we, we played against a guy named Bryant Van who played for OU and and in the ninth grade, I was, he stole the ball from me. He just took it right from me. And, uh, and he drove down the floor and he dunked the basketball. And we were like, I was like, did he just, it was the first dunk I'd ever seen in a basketball game ever in my life, like playing. And I was blown away. Our entire bench stood up and cheered when he dunked the basketball. And, and Coach Christian, Fred Christian was like, you don't cheer when people dunk on you. We're like, I know, but that was so awesome. In our mind, we still talk about my 30-year reunion is this year. And, and we're still going to talk about, remember that dunk? Oh, it was awesome when he dunked on us, you know. We had a lot of things to pray about. But I remember wanting to be used by the Lord on my team. And this is something I still have to watch. And I, and I, I said, maybe I'll just lead my team in prayer, which that was a good goal, a good thing to do. But I missed the point that my prayer was this way. Not, Lord, I want to just talk to you. See how subtle those things can be, that God is telling us to learn to pray, not to impress others, but to connect with God. And, and folks, let me tell you something. God hears us. God moves in us. You know, this weekend, um, we've had two babies in our church that are in ICU two babies. And, and can I tell you, we serve a God who sees us. And I'll tell you, God is faithful on the day that tragedies happen. When lives are lost, God is faithful. God is faithful when lives are saved. You know that one of our, I sat with one of our moms on Friday that they've metaflighted their son, their one-month-old son, and, and there was a moment he had a checkup and he was fine. And then the next day, there was a moment that something's not right. And she had the thought, oh, should I just put him down for a nap? And she's like, no, we got to go to the doctor. 
And the doctor said, if you'd have put him down for a nap, he wouldn't be here today. And God moved. God answered a prayer before they even knew to pray. So, so folks, let's not miss this. Let's, let's learn to pray. Let's learn to connect with the Lord and come to him. We have access to him. So we're going to have an invitation. And Eden's going to come and, and, and let's, let's start right now. Oh, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, if you come to him, he won't turn you away. Maybe the Lord has brought you here today to just help you see you can know him and live your life with access. Now, you come on his terms, not yours. It's not you trying Jesus. No, it's I'm coming to you, Lord, and surrendering to you today. If that's you today, if you put your faith in Christ today, that's his Lord. He's Lord of your life. Come to him. But, but those of us that know Jesus, know Christ as our Savior, let's start thinking about our prayers, paying attention to what we say, recognizing the blessing of access to the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings, who moves in us and he leads us and guides us.